Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, where today we're talking NWA Saturday night on TBS from October the 14th, 1989. We're inching closer and closer to Halloween Havoc, a very good pay-per-view that's coming up exclusively on our Patreon feed at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Sign up if you haven't already done so. It's the only way to get that. But I am sitting here with Doc and not Hard Body Hopper. Hopper is on assignment with Wildcat Sports. If I tell you, you wouldn't believe it, so I'll just leave it at that. But they have an assignment for Wildcat, and there hadn't been much Wildcat business lately because of the you know, pandemic. But he's not here. Don't worry. We got some business we're going to take care of with Doc and I, and then we will cover something we were going to cover with Hopper next week. But on that note, Doc, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I believe the term you were searching for with Wildcat was a super spreader event. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. We, we gotta talk. I'm leaving it alone. He is at a bar though for a yeah. wrestling event. <laughs> When's the last time you went to a bar? Well, I mean, that's, I mean that's not a fair question. I'm married man. You know, you are too. We don't go to bars a lot. So, as what is. are you talking about? Speak for yourself, man. I'll go where the fuck I want. I hope your internet goes where the fuck it wants and stays online tonight. Uh, since it's just yeah, I switched over a new provider. I called Spectrum Rents. Mm, okay. So what's up, man? How we you got doing? a lot of th- we have a lot of things that you know. Without Harper, we have to punt some things. We need to close the loop on some things. We've had some things come to our attention recently, so we're just going to kind of make our way through this thing. So first of all, I'll just say, look, it's 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 made big news. It was like, it was on all it was on, it was actually national news about the 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 poor young lady. Down in down in Louisiana, who put gorilla glue in her hair and ended up in the hospital. We've got to talk about it, but we think, and we're still trying to find this out, that Harper may have dated this girl a long no, time. Ago. You're starting rumors. No, no, that's not true. He did not date her, but we do need to talk to Harper about this because I feel like it'll be a better discussion. We do believe that Harper has some unique uh, perspectives. On this particular topic, and we don't want to deprive you, the listener, of uh, getting to hear his full analysis, because from what I've heard on the preliminary analysis, is a doozy, as you might as you might expect from the superstar. Um, the other thing here, um, I believe we have some um, 
Well, uh, you know, I feel like we need to talk about everybody's favorite topic, uh, horse fucking. And you were telling me we have got some uh, the uh, Sexton Hardcastle, the BTT attorney has has uh, weighed in. Is that correct? Well, it's not Sexton Hardcastle, but as I've mentioned on the show a few times, we've got some attorneys that listen to us. And I know for a fact we've got one judge that listens to us. Jesus. And that is the if, most disturbing thing that's been said on this show <laughs> of all times. We've got people in high places and they're good folks. They, they've, they've emailed me a few times. The, our, our resident judge here has emailed me quite a few times. Very, very fine fellow. I've said his name before, but to, to, to uh, save, uh, keep him innocent on air. Our, our friend, the judge, who is a legitimate judge. He is a judge and, and it's a fact. He, so, you know, we talked about the, the horse literal fuckery, um, a few weeks back. Right. And yeah, I mean, there's really no other way to describe it. And we said, you know, I think it was you that said, how do you, how would an attorney defend this, this person from this? So, this was our judge's uh, feedback. I mean, he if said, you're caught right. on camera, balls deep in a in a horse, you know. <laughs> so he says, "Okay, let's talk about the horse fucker for a second. How do you defend this sick bastard? It's simple. It goes something like this. This is him. He goes. He he's the attorney. Judge, my client pleads not guilty by reason of mental infirmity and defect. The judge says." What proof do you have of a mental defect, counselor? You fucked a horse. The, the attorney says the legal doctrine of res ipsa locator. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, your honor. Now, res ipsa locator means the principle that the occurrence of an accident implies negligence. I'm already my head's already hurting. I'm not that smart. You know, my Jesus bachelor's Christ, degree I'm... only goes so far. I'm I'm thinking that I'd much rather watch the Bruise Brothers and the Moon Dogs fight in '93 Smoky Mountain. So he says the legal doctrine of res ipsa loquitur, a loquitur, which is Latin for the thing the facts speak for itself. Respectfully, Judge, my client was caught on video having relations with two horses. How could this court find him anything other than my client is and was at all relevant times? Outside his damn mind. So he, the defense is, he's literally out of his mind. If I'm reading our judge's email correctly, like he, he was out of his mind. That's the defense. I mean, that dude, there's been other people that get off on stuff that do much worse things than this. So I'm going to, I'm going to lean on the judge here and say, he's, he's onto something, man. Look, this is, I don't mean to, I don't mean to offend anybody who listened to us especially powerful people that could do something for us one day but this is why people hate lawyers and shit you got caught on camera fucking a horse you need to go to jail for a little bit you need to <laughs> i mean i guess the cracker factory going down to the puzzle factory is okay too you you need a timeout of some sort you know i've seen people get off that have done worse things i'm not saying it's right you mean oj we've all seen it uh I have no proof or lack of proof that OJ would have done the things he was accused of. What about the fact that he saw that his ex-wife's head off? I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm, I'm no OJ lover, so I don't even know what OJ's got to do with this, but whatever. 
Because he was a sellout. <laughs> what does... No. <laughs> hey, speaking of sellouts, I got you a question. You make stuff up. God. I got but a I want to... Uh, let me... Let me. I want to thank the judge for sending us sure. that email. We appreciate, appreciate the uh, legal briefs. And uh, we'll be uh, in contact the minute we get sued for the first time. Um, <laughs> which it's kind of a miracle we are where we are, and that hasn't already happened. Don't but... say that. Don't say that. But go ahead. What were you? About so, to well, about? I have a question for you because I've heard a whole lot of things on different podcasts, and I'm not going to mention any, but. You know, rewriting history that the angles of the 80s and 90s that portrayed any sort of, you know, race in the angle was a bad idea. And, you know, I wanted to reach out to the only black guy I know, you, and ask, I mean... I think if we can't do racism and we can't do sexism and we can't do anything else, how do you how do you heal out? I don't know. I'm confused. And so I was wondering your thoughts on using race in wrestling angles in 2021. I think wrestling's lost its way. I don't see why it's a problem. You're trying to get heat. The principle of getting heat is you make someone mad. How do you make someone mad? You offend them. I don't get it. It's probably good. Why? That's why I don't work for a company that would book wrestling. Not that I would want to. I don't want no part of it because you can't do any of the stuff that you used to be able to do. But it's not just today and what you can't do from a. It's not just race. It's it's everything. It's it's it goes beyond just race. You can't make fun of nothing anymore mm-hmm. in wrestling and it's that's stupid but something else that drives me up a, a a wall is when i see people on youtube getting mad because of what they call tasteless angles lance and i were talking about this on uh the world class cast that drops friday i, I like I, I the fact that you get angry now over something that happened 30 plus years ago and you're like it's tasteless Shut the piss up. Stop using today's standards and judging it by the past. Uh, I mean, is it okay for you to say, man, that was wrong? Yeah, we did that when JYD said, oh, no, I don't want no Toyota. So, I mean, we have those discussions where we're like, that's not right. You can't, you should, it shouldn't have happened. But But are we saying, are we saying don't do it? Like they shouldn't have done that. We're saying it's wrong, but we're laughing. It was 40 plus, almost 40 years ago now. Like get over it. And it comes across half-assed because I can tell you, and I don't watch it a lot, so I don't know enough to say what I'm saying here, but I'm going to say it anyway. That whole Sammy Sammy Zane character he's doing now is a riff on the current protesters. But it's so lukewarm because they won't lean into it that it mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything. Yeah, they 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 half-ass it is what they do. I mean, if you're going to get heat, send Dutch out there and say they took our country. I mean, they were doing that. That's why I mean, I don't know if I don't know if that's why, but I don't think but, it's wise right now to be doing that cuz, you know, but <laughs> but I you know, I just think Again, that Dutch angle we, got real. Yeah. 
Yeah, it 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 it's like coronavirus. It made the leap to humans. Dude, um, it got real, and and people were like, "Oh shoot!" But go ahead. But yeah, it's like okay, so these heels are gonna do some stuff that's really like. Hold on a second. I got <laughs> barking dogs. It's like I'm a damn retired wrestler. Hey, y'all, shut up in there. <laughs> That might be a top five moment from the show. I got yeah. barking dogs. I'm like I'm a retired wrestler. <laughs> uh, continue, please. Sure, sure. All I got to do is catch religion and start believing in conspiracy theories and kick this pill habit, and I'll be an 80s wrestler. <laughs> So I'm just saying, because I've heard some things like Ron Simmons. Well, that was lazy booking or that was, you know, Farouk Assad. Well, nation and domination, I thought was pretty cool for the time. And, you know, standing up like they're discriminating against people. And if you can't have a white prick being a racist, come on. I mean, look at Harper. Again. Wrestling isn't allowed to do it, but television shows. I know what it was. The angle. It was on Bischoff's show. I was try, I didn't say I, was, I said I wasn't going to mention it, but it's because I couldn't remember. They were. T- you gonna have to repeat that because you faded out. Damn it! So it was on Bischoff's pod where um, Harlem Heat came down to the ring with Colonel Parker, and they were in chains. That shit was just dumb. I don't even. <sighs> yeah, when when they first debuted, they had Colonel Parker and they were in chains and the prison garb. But if you're going to have Colonel Parker be Colonel Parker. He's got to have some racist stuff going on. Now, I ain't saying exactly how you do it, but if he can't use that, if he can't have that tool in his toolbox, why do we have this character? Yeah, but. See with that, I I just think that was just dumb. I don't even. I mean, it was it racist, yeah, but it was dumb. It just was really dumb. They had prison garb. He they he's got him by the chains, and he's Colonel Park. I, I I'm such a Rob Fuller fan. It's I hate to even say something he was involved in was dumb. I love Harlem Heat. They were actually one of my favorite tag teams of all uh, time. We know that. We know. We didn't need you to tell us that. We already figured that out. But I mean, to the point you're making. Television shows can do it. Movies can do it. Uh, every Anything else on TV that's produced can do it. But wrestling, which is produced, they admit it. It's produced. It's a work. They aren't allowed to do that. Uh, it's the dumbest thing, and it's what's eventually going to end up killing off wrestling. So I think we should start a new movement to say that we want to bring back racism to wrestling. No, I, I don't want to bring... Here's the, here's the, the, the line of uh, differentiation. This is where things differentiate itself, if I can get that fucking word out. I don't think wrestling should. I I, I want racism out of wrestling. I want sexism and things like that out of wrestling as far as in the locker room with management. That shit doesn't have a place. But on on the screen, you got to push that envelope if you want an audience. Why? Was there an audience during the Monday Night Wars? Because they pushed the envelope as far as they freaking could. They, You're not, and they no, tapped into emotions. They tapped into emotions like everybody right. wants to whoop their boss's ass. God knows I do. Okay. I don't say that too loud, but all right. But yeah, 
Hey, um, so can we transition yeah, so, away from that? Yeah, let me let me transition us to the next piece of business here. So we we all agree we like racism. Is that oh, what we no, said tonight? No. No, that's not what we agreed to, and I need to clarify that before somebody clips that <laughs> and, and uses that as how you feel. Jesus. Well, even if I said we don't like racism, somebody could have clipped it to say like racism. So, I mean, okay. with artificial intelligence, we're all going to get fired from our jobs at some point, right? <laughs> okay. Can Whether we get canceled for saying something we didn't say or the robots take over. Now – it has recently come to our attention, and boy, this is, you talk about just learning more about the world each and every day. It's just a cornucopia of learning experiences here. Um, we have learned that we may have been missing uh, f- for several years uh, some of our five-star reviews. Um, because yes. Apple, being the America first kind of platform that it is, does not show us our global five-star ratings. You are correct, sir. And so, um, well, we, we've reached out to Tim Cook, and he hasn't replied at over at Apple. Um, but what we are going to do to try to rectify this situation is tonight we're going to read a recent five-star review and, and help out the, you know, Spotlight, Docaholic, the guy who brought this to our attention. Because, you know, a lot of these people are Canadians, and a lot of times they're too nice to, like, point out that we didn't read their shit on the air um we're gonna try to go back through um and have mike pull out all the canadian and australian see we got the australian ones but the canadian uh reviews and we may try to read those on the air in, the, in a couple of weeks ago because that one i freak uh fake robert gibson left one like five years ago we never got so anyway uh with with uh no further ado mike read us a five-star review if you would i want i need some praise all right. So first off, I need to mention that the 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 Patreon, the BTC Patreon member who brought this to my attention is is uh, Matt Wilson. So thank you, Matt. I appreciate you emailing me and letting me know about this. And thank you for contacting me on email because I'm not checking DMs anymore. So I appreciate that, Matt. And Matt left a five star review. This was back in the summer of last year. And he said this podcast is a great listen. If you like to hear a couple of friends talk old school wrestling and make sometimes crude jokes. My personal favorite is the non-wrestling talk. Doc, Harper, and Mike all have great chemistry together. And I can't wait for the new episodes to drop. I'm so happy I found this podcast to put it into my rotation. So thank you, Matt, uh, for leaving that. And there were there were many, I say many others, uh, probably eight or nine others that he sent me from our uh, Canadian friends. Uh, another one, you mentioned the Eye of Gibson. So He says five stars. He left this one back in 2016. A great mix of classic wrestling and the current product. That's when we were still talking a little current stuff, Doc. Jesus Christ. Well, technically, we still did that. We reviewed the Rumble. Yeah, that's true. But it was on Patreon. He said Gibson approved rock and roll. So needed to mention that uh, those two tonight. So, Matt, thank you for sending me that. But all of the Canadian reviews were five stars. So there you have it. We're we're over in Canada. Is that what we're saying? I believe Canada is our second highest downloads, and then the UK, and then it gets kind of weird um, with the with the other countries that fall behind the those those three. So, but yeah, um, the Canadians representing global rankings on my desk by eight o'clock in the morning, please. I, I think about it. I got a busy life. I'm trying to live here. 
Hey, can we talk something serious for a second? Well, one thing before you say something serious, because I know we, I know where you're going, and I want to have a little bit of um, one thing we forgot to mention during the Royal Rumble thing, and I think we're going to agree on this quickly is, and fuck Bad Bunny, <laughs> Bad Bunny. That motherfucker was doing splashes and shit. You know, my, uh, here we haven't talked about this at all. Mike, what should have happened to Bad Bunny since he was on a wrestling show? Well, about four or five years ago, Machine Gun Kelly was on Raw, and Kevin Owens proceeded to powerbomb him off the stage through a table. And that's the only thing that should have happened to Bad Bunny uh, after right. a performance. Now, I realize I'm the old man, you know, yelling at clouds now, and I don't know who Bad Bunny is and all that. But I even asked my my kids who Bad Bunny was, and they were like, ah, he's all right. You know, they didn't think nothing special. And they're in that age group where I would think they would know, so... he should have went through a table off the stage. That's my comments on bad money. And from what I heard, he's been on raw a couple of times since then. Well, call me when he goes through a table. All right, right. Mike. So you had something serious you wanted to talk about tonight. Well, I, I need to, you know, Butch Reed passed away and, you know, for you with world class, fair to say, you know, he only came into world class, a couple times uh, during your fandom, uh, yeah. you, you, you really, you know, when it came to Butch Reed, you really weren't, um, you know, you didn't have a lot of experience. Uh, he was always him, around right? places, around places like mid South Florida, Kansas city. I, you know, I, WWF, I didn't watch him. I saw him in mag- the magazines for sure. Healthy respect. Have seen him a lot this last year in WCW. But to be honest, you're you're going to have to carry the water on this one a lot more than I can. So, well, I, I just I think of he comes in the mid south in '83. I mean, even back then, while he was smaller than he would get uh, during his later years and like in Doom and stuff, I mean, he still he was a brick shit house. I mean, for his time, it was like man, this guy he looks like somebody, you know. And he, not long after he's there, he's the champion. And you know how, Doc, you always talk about Ric Flair and holding the big goal. And I'm not trying to compare compare Reed to Flair, but you know how you like, you look at Ric Flair, you're like, that guy looks like a champion. You know what I'm talking about when he's holding that big goal? Oh, yeah. It's natural looking. Well, when Reed would hold the North American title and he'd have the sunglasses and I can remember a promo where he's got the suit on. He looked like a champion. He not only looked like a champion, but he had great promos. Uh, the talent was undeniable. He would talk. I, I posted on Twitter. He would always kill me when he would say, I'm going to put these soup bones on you, boy. And I mean, soup bones talking about his fist. He just was, I, I, to me, was he the greatest technical wrestler of all time? Hell no, but that's not what we liked about wrestling. He was a tough son of a gun would beat you down his feud with with jyd in mid-south was great uh, I'll, I'll always remember that you know he they they really did some good things there um it, it's just sad you know when you look at how old he was because he wasn't that old man i mean he was he was only 66 and i look at the calendar and i go that's not many years where i'm at now so I just had the R.I.P. Butch Reed. Oh, another thing, Butch Reed. I, I thought about it because uh, you know, we we talked about this on the Mid South show that Brian and I do. Right now, he's he's uh, in the process of winning the 
the tag team titles with uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Like a lot of people don't realize it. Jim Neidhart and Butch Reed were a tag team in Mid-South. And they were some bad son of a guns in Mid-South as a tag team. Just a phenomenal talent. Gone way too soon. Like you said, we're getting into the age of the time where, you know, he, him and him and Ron Simmons, spoiler alert, were Doom. Um, Doom is a badass tag team. And that's two badass dudes that are in that tag team led by a woman. So I just, I had to say something, you know, he went on to the WWF and whatnot, but it, that ain't, that ain't the Butch Reed that I know. The Butch Reed I know from, you know, 83 to 86 Mid-South Wrestling. And then now in Crockett, in Crockett and, or I should say Turner uh, from, you know, 88 and on. It's just, God, I see these guys pass away, and I know they were adults when I was a kid, but when you see a guy that's 66 pass away, it's it's just a reminder of your mortality, and he's gone too soon. Oh, one other thing before I forget, Doc. So, you know, him and Budro were, were, were good friends from what I understand. Did you know that, Buddy Landell? He, he and Landell? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and, th- and they had a program um they did some things together one of these days you'll if you want say when you find the time have to find the time i think it was 1984 when when they had their feud uh or, or him and budrow were in this thing in mid-south it's i don't i don't want to spoil it for anybody who listens to the mid-south show or in need but go go watch budrow and, and butch in mid-south in 84 you'll you'll love it i'll leave it at that the promos buddy's a clown read siri it's just really really good stuff so I just got a R.I.P. Butch Reed. I was a big fan of his, you know, next to Junkyard Dog and Iceman King Parsons. Butch Reed is right up there with the guys that I loved as a kid. Uh, Butch Reed, I hated um, when he was a heel. I loved him when he was a face. I, I was telling Silva on Twitter because Silva said something about, you know, I said uh, whether I loved him and hated him at the same time talking about Butch Reed. Um, but, man, you know, the the universal love that Butch Reed gets now uh, is it can't be denied, and you you got to recognize it. But Butch Reed, R.I.P. Uh, hell of a talent. Mid South run. Look, we're gonna enjoy this Doom run, right? But that Mid South run, if you've got access to Mid South Wrestling '83 to '86, go watch Butch Reed and Mid South week by week. You'll love it. He's great, and that's uh that's about what I got to say about a uh, Butch Reed man. R.I.P. Butch, gone way too damn soon. Sixty six. Doc, we're not that far away from that, man. We gotta, we gotta really take care of ourselves, man. You know what I'm saying? I should probably stop drinking. Uh, yeah, this year, the last year has made your drinking explode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, you stop that. Okay, Doc. What else? You know, I never easy to transition. I feel like we need to get to. I feel like we need to get to the to the. You brought us all down with death. I think we need to take it back up with some dynamic dudes, dude. <laughs> um yeah. give, me a, give me a second i'm sharing my uh sharing my screen for you uh can Boy, you I can't see wait. it you can't wait for what yeah it's just sucking up all my bandwidth dude you want to tell the people what's going on with your computer still i don't know mm. yeah. i'm waiting on you to help me out and get a new one <laughs> we're working on it pal <laughs> oh, oh, man. The, the department is awful Okay. 
<laughs> it's called the procurement department, not IT. You freaking moron. All right, let's get this video review going. So again, we're talking October 14th, 1989. The uh, show opens up. We see uh, Terry Funk promoting the Thunderdome match with himself, Muda, Flair, and Sting that'll be in the cage. Uh, we immediately go from there. They show a little, uh, you know, I think it was a... Uh, was it Federal Express? No, it was another another commercial they show. Uh, what's that when you when you transfer money, Doc? After after Western Terry's talking. Western Union. There you go. We hear Western Union is the sponsor for today, and then we go to center stage where Jim Ross welcomes us in. He explains that the Thunderdome is a thirty foot cage that is electric at the top, so he, along with Funk, continues to build a pay per view. Do you have anything from Funk's opening promo or what JR had to say as he welcomed us into the show this week? I think that's dumb. I don't think you need an electrified cage. Can we just let these guys get it on? Wait till you see what Muda does. Okay. I've never seen at, this match. so At the very beginning of the match, something happens that Muda does. You're gonna pop. You're gonna, you're gonna come unglued. You're gonna be like, holy crap! That's what I'm talking about. You'll you'll love it though. You will love that. What happened there? So we go to the first match. We got Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace with a uh, cornet. You know, he's the advisor, or and not manager, but he's advising the dudes. Good lord, they're gonna defeat Bill Ford and Lee Scott. Very lengthy match for the dudes. Um, you know, the only way to describe it, Cornette continue to be with them is just bizarre at best, but we've kind of talked about that. God, Doc, look at those jackets. God. Everything the about 80s, this is terrible. The 80s are so awful. The 80s were not that awful. But they the were terrible were except awful. for wrestling. Okay. Wait, does that kid have tits? <laughs> no, it's just the way he was. What's doing. wrong with you? That's a kid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it looked like no, he you're had not. two balloons in his. What's wrong with it. you? I don't know. Grow, grow up. <laughs> you got to be a patron to see the video version of this if you want to know what he's talking about, but I'm here to tell you it's foul. God damn. <laughs> Let me just say that was a boy and not a girl. That, that ought to help clear years it up. So. What the piss is wrong with you? It was a boy. It, the way it was the way his shirt was. Look, let, let's don't let's don't bury the lead. The, the dudes are on. That's important. That's imp what you got from this stupid match? Um, this is dumb. I can't. I, dude, you know how when we used to watch Raw for this show four or five years ago, and you'd be like, "Bro, that got the fast forward button." This this gets the fast forward button. They're, right, it does. It does. But Jr. God, Jr. said that they had a charismatic way of disrobing. <sighs> <laughs> Let's see them disrobe. Here it is. No. Let's. Why? I love Jr. And I know he's just trying to put him over. But that what they did. Just taking the shirts off over the top. There's nothing charismatic about that. But this is. Oh, when they pull the 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 uh, shorts off. Yeah. Like the dick dancers do. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Wrong team won here. Wrong team won. I'm with you. Should Any other thoughts? Any other thoughts? 
We then go to Norman with Teddy Long. That's right. He's going to wrestle Ricky Nelson. Luger, so if you remember last week, Luger got, I don't want to say squashed by Pillman. That's probably not the best way to put it. But, um, you know, Luger I think went too far. Oh, no, I didn't go too far. Let me go. I'm trying to go to the, the Norman match. Luger got ran off by Pillman. Pillman came in. He didn't want to wrestle Pillman. Pillman then came in and went to wheeling a deal in. Luger, Luger got dealt with, powdered out, frustrated. He's the champion. It made him look like a chicken, and it made Pillman look strong. So Luger gets on the mic during this match, and he starts fussing, and he's telling JR that JR is misrepresenting what happened last week, and it was a fluke, even though it wasn't a match, and Pillman didn't win. So literally, the match is a nothing happening match with Norman and, and Ricky Nelson. But the, the story of it is Luger and what he's going to do a few times on commentary this episode. Doc, what did you have? Oh, well, I don't care about the match. I like the Luger piece because this is the first time in this run we've seen Luger get flustered. He's, he's fussy. He's been calm and confident, and now he's fussy. I agree, and I think that's well done, not only in this match, but the next one as well. Like, I thought them doing it like that was perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Good stuff. Because he he's acting like he didn't lose or trying to make it seem like he's not upset that he quote-unquote lost, but he didn't really lose, but he's upset, so it's showing that what happened with Pillman is getting on his nerves, and he doesn't like that, which is what I love. Is that kind of how you feel? Yes, exactly. All right, so Norman is going to defeat Ricky Nelson. Again, it's kind of a nothing happening match. I mean, there's 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 nothing to talk about. It's Norman. Ugh. It's that's my only thoughts. We then from that segment, we cut over and we see another Halloween Havoc plug with Elvira. Mm. Did we all talk about this way. last week? Yeah, we did, man. She was all the way live in the 80s. All right, so I'm going to play this clip for the video version and for and for what's going up on just our regular platform. This clip will not make YouTube, though. But you'll hear it if you download the audio-only ver version. Here's Elvira. Just, just check this out. Halloween Havoc 89 is coming, and it's sure to be full of horrible headlocks. Well, must be from the bike squad. You might even see the sleeper. You want big matches? Well, Elvira's got them. And so does Halloween Havoc 89. Just listen. There comes a man bag man wielding prod for cattle. Tempers will flare at his brand of battle. Lex Luger, the Steiners, the Samoans, and Sting. Midnight Express, Precious Paul Ellering. October 28th, a pay-per-view you'll remember. See who fulfills their vows to dismember. Eighty-nine. If you're frightened by gore, better bring your mummy, because they're settling the score. Bro, why? As a kid, they replay it. Um, as a kid, dude, she was. She looks like the kind of girl that wouldn't put down her cigarette to finish her hand job. That's nice, Doc. I, eh, what the hell's wrong with you? How many times did you crank one looking at that picture right there? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a good I, Catholic boy. No, 
no, you're not. You <laughs> 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 son of a bitch. Uh, all right. Well, we keep this show moving since you don't want to play along with the cranks or cranking. Um, we go now to the neck. Oh, God, here we go. Oh, oh, oh. speaking of cranking. Tommy Rich, uh, who um, Stephen Javorski must drink his jizz as much as he puts him over. Good God. I don't know what's wrong with that clown, Javorski. Tommy Rich is wrestling a gentleman by the name of hey, Chris I Powers. I a bolo tie. That explains a lot. <sighs> Dude. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, Tommy Rich is wrestling Chris Powers. Luger... Luger is back again as they replay the finish of Rich and Powers. Luger is still pissed. I don't know what's wrong with that kid who's got the Tommy Rich's number one sign fan. Uh, he's got a sign that says Tommy Rich is number one in the audience. I'll pause it in a second for the video version. But again, Luger is pissed still at what happened last week, and he keeps interrupting the replays of the matches. He is mad, showing you that he is just completely pissed off and irritated with what is going on. Uh, do you have anything from this match, Doc? I just, I was thinking while I was watching this thing that if Tommy Rich ever makes a move on you again, you'll have plenty of time to react because he's a slow-ass worker. How long did this take? I think this match went almost seven minutes. Sometimes, sometimes, I, sometimes I time him and other times I don't. Seven okay. minutes with Chris Powers. Mm. But, you know... Look, you you know how I feel about Tommy Rich, obviously. Tommy Rich comes from a, an old school. You know, grab a hole, brother. <laughs> Tackle, drop down, get it again, grab a hole. He just comes from that old school. I, this is just the style he works. And unfortunately, in 1989, it doesn't work for us. It's, it's, it's boring. Um, not only that, I just don't like watching him wrestle. There's nothing flashy. There's nothing... To sink my teeth into. I'd rather watch the Steiners. I'd rather watch Doom. I'd rather watch Ric Flair. Hell, I'd rather watch Sting. Sting mm. is better than Tommy Rich. Calm down. Could ever want to be. And that'll and I'll leave it at that. But is that the only note you had about the length of this thing? How it just went on forever? Yep. It it it, it really it really just went on for way too long. And and he does that stupid Thez press. Not that the Thez press is dumb, it's but it's just dumb when it comes from Tommy Rich. So um, that's my thought. All right. So we're going to go from that and doc, do you see, I just, I didn't have, I didn't plan on doing that. I froze it right on the, uh, college scoreboard that we see like one second of before the promo, <laughs> uh, LSU and, and Auburn from 1989. I'm sure Auburn won, uh, but I don't really don't know. I don't remember. So let me go now to the promo. We've got Ric Flair and sting. Uh, let's see what they got to say. Ladies and gentlemen, at Halloween Havoc on Saturday night, October the 28th, in the Thunderdome cage, the most important man at ringside, the most important men, I should say, will be the designated seconds, because those are the only two men that can throw the towel in and can determine the outcome of the match. In a moment, we're going to meet Ric Flair and Sting's designated terminator in that event. By the way, our designated terminator will not be thrown in the towel. He will simply wipe the sweat off his brow. And getting about that... Thunderdome match. Guess what, Terry Funk? I'm gonna light you up. You get it? And Muda, regarding the electricity, I don't think I need to say anything more except for you know what happens when you touch electricity. And don't forget, I pick my teeth with live wire. The bottom line is, 
I not only have an opportunity to walk to the ring with a man I consider the greatest athlete in sports today, the singer, I now give the wrestling world our designated Terminator, Ole Anderson of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Come on, Rock! I'll tell you what, I know you, Gary Hart, I know you just as well as the back of my hand. And all this time you've been thinking they're going to have some Boy Scout or maybe a Girl Scout out here making that critical decision. Well, you know me, and you know I love pain. When the Minnesota record crew gets on the scene, they don't worry about a little bit of blood. When I get out there in that Thunderdome, you're going to have the fight of your life, Gary Hart. You, Muda, and Terry Funk are going to face the two greatest men in that Thunderdome. Bruno Sammartino going to be the referee. We ain't giving up. When we get to Philadelphia, it's going to be like the revolution all over again. Flair and Sting, Anderson, we're coming for you in Philadelphia. Heart, get ready. What we need right here is to tell the wrestling world, Sting, Flair, and Ole Anderson, we're going to be live in the greatest wrestling pay-per-view of all time. Funk, you, Muda, and Hart are going to pay the price. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what an announcement. Ole Anderson, the designated Terminator, and we'll be right back. So, Doc, you're... I know you don't like the... You sounds like you don't like the the cage match, it's, but it's going to be a good match. I'm just going to let you know. Uh, what were your thoughts on the promo there? Ole Anderson, dude. Yeah. He's been going, what, two and a half years? Three years? Nah, he ain't been going that long. He came back. Um, uh, what point did he come back? He hadn't been going that long. He came back. Remember he did that thing uh, in the Omni, and then he kind of disappeared after that? With a Horner. That, yeah, but that wasn't two years ago. Was it that long ago? Uh, okay, if it was, time really is getting away from us. Um, Who's going to yeah. throw in the towel, Gary Hart or Ole? I don't know. That's two tough son of a guns if you think about it. I wouldn't think either one of them would want to. And no spoilers here, so we'll leave it at that, right? I'm not going to tell you who's going to throw in the towel. You'll have to tune in on Patreon to find out over. who throws Ole in the towel. try to talk over Rick? Yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, what, do you think Rick kind of got mad or something or what? So, I, I mean, again... Uh, these four guys whipping each other's ass with Gary Hart and Ole Anderson involved. Sign me up. Kind of how I feel, too. Kind of how I feel. All right. I thought it was great when Sting's picking his teeth with a live wire. So I guess, you know, an electrical mm-hmm. fence can't hurt him. Nice little nice little uh, tidbit there. Uh, Flair, you know, Flair says Ole will be him's thing's designated Terminator. And I, I miss Ole. You know, Ole's a little crusty old bastard, but I do miss him. You know, if you think about Ole's promos, 85 and 86, that was some good stuff. We are so far removed from that now that it, it was so long ago, but that was some good stuff in 85 and 86. Ole and Arn is a tag team. Ole's promos with Arn. Hey, not at Ole's back. I wonder when Arn is coming back. We'll see. Mm. So, 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 bit of a surprise there as we get Ole back. As we keep moving through this week's episode, we get a replay of Jim Ross. He th- uh, Well, JR throws it to a replay of Pillman dominating Luger in the match that really wasn't a match. Pillman hit a 
beautiful, beautiful missile drop click on Luger in that thing. Look, look really good. Uh, Pillman, after that, they come out of that segment. They go to a match. We got Brian Pillman. He's going to wrestle Joe Kazana. And um, they don't go too long. But I've got a timestamp I'm going to play from that, if that's all right with you, Doc. Yeah, hit it. All right, so let's go to it right here. I just, I, I got a kick out of this BTR. I really did, because Luger has been out here blowing steam for so long. He didn't want us to show it quite, obviously. He well, yeah, I rated that. Drop it in unexpected. Wait a minute. What are you doing back here? Bring that video clip to right here anyways. Enough's enough. Time to teach this punk a lesson. That was tremendous. Um, Luger's pissed off that they showed the replay when Pillman dominated him. Luger comes out. He's fussing. He's on the mic for a second. And then he's like, screw this. I'm getting involved in this match. He's just pissed off. He's an irritated heel who's mad that, you know, he got one up the week before. And he's pissed off at Pillman. And the best part about this is it's not a match. They're brawling. The fans in center stage are going nuts over this. I, I honestly, I don't know how you do this any better way. This is this is really, this is really good storytelling uh, going on with these two, and they, we need to give them credit because we 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 bury them or we tell them about themselves. Not that anybody's listening, you know, when they do things with like with Norman and things like that, and then we get stuff like this, and it's tremendous. Doc, what did you think? The only thing I'll say is now we have a personal issue. Hmm. And personal issues draw money. So, I loved it. I just thought it was... Um, I thought it was good, man. Phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal. As we keep moving moving on, the next promo we get is from Tom Zink. Um, yeah. Um, he promotes his match at Halloween Havoc against Mike Rotunda that he's going to have. But it's... It's, yeah, I'm not going to insult the man like you are. I think you're dirty for what you're doing. He's dead. What's he going to do to me? Jesus Christ. You are going to hell. You ain't passing go. You're going straight to hell. Okay. But it was okay. He's just, again, he just promotes his match against Rotunda at Halloween Havoc. And that's it. After that, any other thoughts, Doc? Because we're going to go to his match. Go right ahead. Tom Zink is going to uh, wrestle Keith Steinborn. I don't have anything from it. I mean, um, he beats Steinborn. There's nothing. What's wrong with you? He's the Z man. I'm catching some Z's, dude. (laughs) (laughs) It's dirty. (laughs) Uh, I thought that's what that meant. I'm sorry. You're here. You're so wrong for that, but okay. I am going to play a clip now, though. After Z-Man wins with the sleeper, you'll say, Mike, why are you playing this? 
Well, Gene Liggins is because if Gene Liggins getting some mic time, something's gotta be up. <laughs> There's something in the water. Well, Gene Liggins getting mic time. Angle alert. Angle alert. Yep. So let's go to Gene Liggin now. He's being interviewed by JR after Tom Zink defeated Keith Steinborn. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Gene Liggin. Many fans have seen Gene on our program from time to time. He survived Hurricane Hugo in Salisbury, North Carolina. And uh, we were talking before we went on the air about Halloween Havoc. I know you're going to be watching it down in Salisbury. I can't believe what I just saw a few minutes ago. October 28th, I know where Brad Liggin, Jamel Liggin, and my brother Dennis are going to be sitting. That's right in front of that television camera watching the Halloween Havoc. I can't believe that. That's a fantastic thing. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you're talking about, of course, uh, Sting and the, the uh, situation rather with uh, uh, Lex Luger and Flying Brian. I got a feeling we may see a new U.S. champion on the 28th with Flying Brian, hot as he is. Well, I tell you, those two guys were ex-football players. I'm a big Green Bay Packer fan. Me and my brother have been following him a long time. Lex Luger used to play for the Green Bay Packers. Cincinnati Bengals is where Flying Brian was. And of course, I've lost a lot of respect for him. heard the name Brian Pillman for the last time you just Hey, come on! Luger attacking Gene Liggins. Oh, God, he's landing right on the floor. You tasted success, Brian Pillman, but it's short left because the total package like Luger is a little bit rattled. And let me tell you, it means pain, it means agony, it means suffering. We got to go to the station break. We got to go. Let's get out of here. What are you talking about? He slammed the piss out of Ligon on that, I'll call it a stage. It seemed like it was wooden. Ligon took a great body slam from Luger. But once again, this we made fun of, you know, if Gene Ligon's out there getting, you know, promo time, something's going to happen. But this is phenomenal because it shows how pissed Luger still is. He's lost his goddamn mind because of what happened with Pillman. And again, it still just feeds what's going to happen or this angle that's happening with he and Pillman. I'll say it again. They couldn't do this any better. This is really, really good storytelling by an irate from a, coming from an irate heel who's pissed off that, you know, here he is. He's this Greek God. He looks like a million bucks. Like Harper always says, look like he stepped out of a Marvel comic book yet. This newcomer, Brian Pillman, one-upped him and got his ass. He is pissed. He cannot handle the fact that he got shown up. Doc, your thoughts? It's really good because if he did that to Ligon, what's he going to do to Pillman? Jeez. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, He's pissed. You know, he's a, remember, only he's one, a champ. There's only, there's only one problem with this whole thing. What? They bring back Ligon later in the episode to wrestle a match. <laughs> okay. I was like, what are you? Okay. Eh. Well, I mean, it was a body slam, but he did take it on the floor. So I guess you got a point there. But it, it's great. Uh, I just, I love how they did that. It was just phenomenal. Really, really good storytelling. So on that note, we're going to go now to um, Terry Funk. You're at the beginning of the show. You, we heard. You know, Terry Funk talking. Now we're going to hear him talking some more. He makes, uh, Doc, I kind of wanted to give you a heads up. He makes a Harry Carey reference. I know who Harry Carey is, but I wasn't quite sure what the, what it was, re the re what the reference is about. Maybe, you know, or maybe that's one of those obscure things that Hopper can pull out of his ass, but he's not here. So maybe we have to ask him next week. But anyway, here's Terry Funk. Let's go to it now. 
Friends, I really want to apologize for what we just saw here just a few moments ago. I was going to talk to Luger, but we had to go to the station break, and he said to heck with it or something to that effect and left. But we're going to bring in Terry Funk and Gary Hart. They will be in the Thunderdome cage along with the great Muta, and it's going to be Ole Anderson deciding the fate of Ric Flair and Sting. It will be this man deciding the fate of you and the great Muta. Let me tell you one thing. I am thrilled that... They didn't pick Brian Pillman. They didn't pick a tramp. They didn't pick some whip. They picked Ole Anderson, who is a cold-hearted, heartless, compassionateless individual because we want this to be the final encounter. We want Flair and Sting taken out in a stretcher, and that's exactly what's gonna happen. You see Terry Funk standing here before you today. This man has Texas pride. And if you know anything about the great state of Texas, they are proud individual people. He would never, under any circumstances, want me to stop it. And as far as the Oriental culture goes, we know about Oriental's losing face. Harry, Harry, Harry Hart, burn the towel! Burn the towel! All right, fans, let's go up to Rhubarb Jones. What, what, you don't know what he, Harry Carey is? I know who Harry Carey is. What's the it's reference who, about... No, it's not who. There is a Harry Carey movie actor, but Harry Carey, in this sense, is when... The proud Japanese warrior lost face, they would commit suicide. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I just showed my ignorance there, I guess. I, yeah, yeah, God, once again. Um, how much of a jackass does Funk look like with that damn fringe on his shirt? Let's go back and look at it. <laughs> <laughs> You want to describe that? He's wearing a blue button-up Western shirt that has white fringe down the arms and across the chest. In the back? Sure. Why not? He looks like a shithead, doesn't he? Yes. Only the dangling earring. The, the only thing in this, I love him saying burn the towel. That's awesome. The only thing I don't like about it is is if this is the final encounter, how's he going to win the NWA title? It's not the final encounter, though. He said they wanted it to be. Fair enough, but I guess that's easy to... If you were watching it in real time in 89, I guess you would ask that question, but we have the knowledge of what comes after this, so yeah, I got you. Because it's definitely not the final encounter. You, that's a fact. Right, one hundred percent not. So, okay. right, no, that's fair. That's fair. I see what you're saying. Okay. Any other thoughts on it before we keep going? No, it's good stuff, man. Like I said, I am. I have heard that. <clears throat> I have heard that you were trying to bring in a third guy in the booth for us to cover Halloween Havoc. Um, I will want to know who that is so that I can approve them. <laughs> you already know who it is, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, Funk. Terry oh wait, Funk let me is... let me let me uh, re dust off. <sighs> Are you finished? Can I move? Can I keep going? You can keep going, bro. It's all you. All right. So 
Uh, we go to a Mike Rotunda, uh, going to wrestle the Italian Stallion. I feel bad for Rotunda. I mean, he's still coming out with the Varsity Club type stuff on. but Everybody else moved on but him. Yeah, it's... He's getting a raw deal here, man. He deserves better. And it's slowly, he's going to, you know, he's slowly becoming Captain Mike Rotunda, even though he's got Varsity Club on. Did he get a perm? No, I think I don't think so. Sure about that? Takes him five minutes. He's going to end up defeating the Italian Stallion. Um, I guess that's, you know, 10 minutes quicker than it took Dr. Death to beat Italian Stallion at that clash that we reviewed that time. No, so that 15-minute match with <laughs> Dr. Death and Italian Stallion. I tell you, they gave Italian Stallion some long matches sometimes. But anyway, uh, Rotunda wins. Doc, do you have anything from this? No, not really. All right. We go from that, and I'm trying to get to it, because they're going to throw it to Robin Green mm. and Steiner at the... <laughs> Hold on. God dang. I'm not going to play it, but here it is. So, look, it's Harambe the gorilla. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> they throw it to Robin Green and Rick Steiner at the zoo. They're looking at a gorilla, and Robin Green says, you look just like him. <laughs> then they throw it to a replay of Jim Ross trying to coach Steiner before his date with Robin Green. We know how that all went down. Uh, here, I'll play it. This is where she says you look just like him if you're watching the video version. Uh, this is when they were uh, together and they were loving each other and all that stuff. Uh, then we see the scene with Robin Green answering the door, dressed up in Steiner and Jr. blowing a load in their pants. And it's not me that's just saying that. If you remember, Jim Ross said after that, I had to change my jeans and corny mm. on commentary was like, I had to change mine too, or something like that. Uh, and then we see, see the scene with the, they replay the limo and Scott Steiner when Scott got beat down doc. I I like this. I, I like this because it shows why Rick Steiner would be so hurt. If you think about the romance, he would have, you know, supposedly had with Robin, who's now a woman. What'd you think about these clips and replays that they showed? I'm fine with the replays here is what I want to say. Um, when they were at the zoo, I kept wondering if Rick Steiner forgot to put on the shorts. Those look like his whitey tidies. They were short. <laughs> yeah. Dang. I don't want to see your fucking junk, bro. Hanging brain and shit. <laughs> um, Remember the remember the zoo in the Sopranos where Tony took uh Gloria, Gloria Trillo and like nailed her in the snake house? <laughs> God, that show is so terrible with stuff like that. I can't yeah, wait yeah. for that to happen here, but I guess you know that was too much to ask for. Yeah, we're on TBS, not HBO. We can't be banging the Robin in the in the snake house. Yes, we can. God Almighty's. Here's when they first, when he first saw Robin. Look at, oh my God. She's such a beautiful woman. Oh, she said, Chris Benoit, I hope you're burning in hell. Oh my God. What a woman. Here, I'll pause it. Look at that. How could he not be? I mean, seriously, if Chris Benoit's not in hell, then there is no hell, right? Well, that's a fair (laughs) statement, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, but but uh, Nancy was something else. Oh my God! Yeah. Um, and then um, any other thoughts when they show the replay? The other replay? No, man. I'm I'm, I'm I am satisfactorily ready to go here on these 
these feuds, these matches, man. Let's let's kick these things off. I was trying to see if they showed... Back in the old days, they took too long to tell a story. <laughs> That's what good storytelling is. They didn't show it. Someone said on the Facebook, not group, but in the on the official BTT Facebook page, remember there was somebody who kicked Scott when he was down and it wasn't Simmons or Reed. It wasn't Doom, but you heard Reed's voice. Remember that? I thought it was Jack Victory. I thought it was Jack Victory too. Someone on the Facebook page said it was Sullivan. That didn't look like Sullivan to me. It mm-hmm. looked the person the person looked too big to be Sullivan. Would you agree? We, yeah. And he looked maybe too tall. The only other person that I thought it could be, we're gonna see this. There's somebody who's gonna join Woman and Doom as a part of the entourage, I guess I'll call it. That I thought it maybe could have been them. I'll ask you at that point if you think that's who it was. I, for right now, I think it's victory. Um, I guess that's a. You could probably ask Cornette that question on the drive-through, and maybe he can tell you. But I think it's victory. Someone said it's Sullivan. I don't think it's Sullivan. Uh, if it's not victory, maybe it's this other person. I'm thinking, and I'll tell you when we get there. All right, we'll keep going. We got a six-man tag match: Doctor Death, Steve Williams, Bobby Eaton, Stan Lane. Out there with Jim Cornette, obviously their manager. They're they're facing off against Rick Connors, Agent Steele, and Gene Ligon. This is what you're talking about, how Ligon's in this match, and he's first in uh, in this match. They go about five minutes. The Midnight and Dr. Death, they get a loud ovation. Uh, Dr. Death is going to win it with, uh, with a big slam. Stan and Bobby, I think the note to take from this match, and this is the only note I really had other than they won, when the match ends, Stan and Bobby hightail it out quickly. They thank Dr. Death. But then they jump out of the ring, and you can see there's a little animosity still brewing with them and Cornette. Doc, what would what would you have from this, if anything? Can you show me fifty three seventeen, please? Wait, I'm sorry, fifty eight seventeen. Fifty eight seventeen. So, do I need to play audio? That's it. Oh, the drop kick. Yeah. Look at how I paused it right there. Look how high Dr. Death is. I know. That was a, I mean, I was impressed. That's a big bastard. To, I mean, That's he's a big bastard to be straight up. 90 degree angle. East and West, bruh. He's parallel with the ground, with the, with the mat. And, and he's above the, the top rope. He's fucking up there, dude. Again, big bastard to be up there like that. So yep. yeah, that's a, that's a good spot um, to call out right there. Holy shit. Look, I'll I'll even rewind it. It was a and Ligon took took the nice bump on it. Here it comes. Watch it again. He's gonna well, shoot he's, him off. He's recovered from his earlier wounds. Actually, that's not Ligon. <coughs> I just realized it. That's not Ligon. That's the other guy. Is it? Uh, that's that's yeah. That's that's uh, Rick Connors. All white not people kind of look alike, though, right? Yeah, and it smell like puppy dogs too, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I just don't. I, you know, you said that they leave after the match. This six man thing with them, and I like Doctor Death a lot, and I like the Midnight's, but I don't get them together, so I'm gonna pass. Bruh. Well, they did some things a few months ago together. Um, I know. Recall, so I, I think that's part it. of it. I was there. Yeah, so I think that's it. But but the big thing here is, you know, watch watch Bobby stand. They come in, they shake that, they thank Doctor Death, they love Doctor Death. You know, oh cool, cool. And then Corny raises Dr. Death's hands and like, hey, Stan and Bobby, where are y'all doing? It's a very subtle, you know, Jimmy, little Jimmy, note we there. Got the bitches. We got the bitches. 
No, the the story, the subtle story there is, they're not happy they're about not. They should this whole this whole thing with Horny is doing the wrong, pal. Yeah, he's two timing them, bro. Come on, man, you can't do that. But anyway, we'll keep moving. Especially for the dudes. Jesus, Jesus the dudes of all teams. We see a video of um, a Moss <laughs> video plays of. Uh, blacksmiths, the blacksmiths building the Thunderdome. You got any thoughts on the Thunderdome being built, Doc? I mean, we're heating up steel. We got guys in crazy outfits. <laughs> Shit. This is what goofy. <laughs> not goofy. I love it. This, this it's not goofy. Great. It's not goofy in the right way. This is goofy trying to be WWF. That I will agree to. You're you're on to something. Instead of leaning into what you are, you're you got a you know Jim Hurd driving the bus and he sees that crap up north and yeah I'm with you. Okay, so after that they're gonna go to the Road Warriors. Doc, I don't have a note from the Road Warriors promo, but I don't want to miss anything. If you have, oh something. no no, you need to play this one. They had a great line in it. Okay. So it, again, it happens sometimes. I'd like it to be notes. done. I'd like to be done here pretty soon, but I want to hear this. Okay. Well, here we go. <laughs> and the immovable object, the Road Warriors collide with the skyscrapers. Let's hear these comments from the Legion of Doom. Halloween havoc and the Road Warriors run amok. Right, animal. Skyscrapers. Everybody's out there talking how big you are. They're wondering, can the Warriors knock you down? Well, you're going to find out Halloween night in approximately two weeks. You're going to find out where we got our reputation. Kicking everybody's butt from one end of this country to the other. Kill them, Hawk. I've never been so full of hate with inside the wrestling business in my whole life. And the skyscrapers, you give me a reason to vent it out. The commercial says, reach out and touch someone. Why well, I hate us! I'm sick and tired of so much I can't go into it now. But I'm not gonna reach out and touch anybody. I'm gonna reach out and punch your sticking lights out, you low-life losers! I can't wait to chop it out like trees. Run All back right, to the so beginning. there it is. I'm, I've never been so full of hate. Is a great line. But right before he speaks, when the animals uh, finishing up. Look mm -hmm. at Hawk. He right there. He looks like he's ready to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the that's yeah. the look your dad gave you if you said something crazy about your mom when you were like nine. Oh, okay, fair point. <laughs> he does look pissed. I will give you that. That was he was believable as all hell right there, man. Uh, he was. I've never been so full of hate. I love that. Here, I'm going to use that. Here, listen to it again. Approximately two weeks, you're going to find out where we got our reputation. Kicking everybody's butt from one end of this country to the other. Kill them, Hawk. I've never been so full of hate with inside the wrestling business in my whole life. And the skyscrapers, you give me a reason to vent it out. The commercial right. says, we reach heard out and touch them. I'd like to reach out and touch someone line too. Yeah. That was a good one as well. 
Hey, they mean business. Look, I know the skyscrapers are some bad dudes, right? But God damn. They ain't Road Warrior bad. Yeah, that's my thought. Well, we keep moving. Um, Doc, mm. I'm going to pause it there because um, we've got a friend of ours. Uh, not a friend of ours, but a friend of Bobby Blaze's. I'll put it like that. By the way, let me mention, Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze, you know, our former, our friend that uh, he hosts his own show. They, uh, they, they hit 100 episodes this last week. And uh, I left a message on a voicemail form that they played on their show, and I said, "That's great! You hit a hundred. You hit a hundred episodes. Keep going. Maybe you'll get the seven and eight hundred, nine hundred, like uh, Doc and I and Harper. You know." So I just I I gave That's Bobby a little class. jab. Real, cla- real classy. <laughs> For you know, our, Bobby's our friend. He got a good kick out of it, and I thought he enjoyed you know, what I had to say. If you're gonna, you're a real class act to be punching down like that. Bobby's a good friend, and he knows it was all in fun. But seriously, look, look at uh, all the look at all the the help that we received when we were getting started, and this is how you respond. That's real, real classy, fella. All the help, yeah, all the many podcasts that reached out to us and like helped us along the way. <laughs> okay, people don't remember you that and I know a- that we grinded, grinded. Busted our butts, never missing a show. But go ahead. I was just going to say, before there was a Robert Silver, there was a Nate Milton, pal. Yeah, I talked to Nate last week, actually. Nate's doing well. Oh, that's good to hear. He wanted me to come on his show, but I just didn't have time that week. He wanted to. Oh, you've gotten too big. I get it. No. Boy, you are a real asshole. Great A. You know, that just, Doc, now that you said that, Nate's going to have to do one of these clashes and pay-per-views with us. Because Nate's a WC, you know, Nate was a WCW guy. Nate, I'm glad you said Nate's, Nate is, I'm going to get Nate to do a show with us. Because Nate is our, Nate is is our friend. Just pick next Wednesday night when we record, the chances are Harper ain't going to show up. And Nate will give you some, Nate will give you some hardcore analysis too. Nate, Nate, uh, Nate watches things and breaks them down. But we were about to say, so who is Jerry Price? Where do I know him from? I know him from somewhere too, and I just can't put a finger on it. Okay. Well, anyway, we've got Killer Kyle out here, pal. Yep, Mark Kyle is. You know, for everyone who listened to our Smoky Mountain show, you'll know that I'd say Doc Killer Kyle is one of the one of the few people who was there from the beginning to the end, right? Yeah. So Gibson, he and Gibson were the very first Smoky Mountain match that was televised, but there was only a handful of people who were there from start to finish Cornette for obvious reasons. But uh, Kyle was one of them. Uh, Killer Kyle was one of them. Uh, Gibson was one of them. Can't think of any, I can't think off the top of my head of the rest, but the point being, um, you know, we know him as Killer Kyle, but here he is as Mark Kyle, and he's taken on with Jerry Price, Sid Vicious. And the reason I mentioned Smoky Mountain is obviously we covered his entire run. I, I think when we think of Bobby Blaze, we think of Pin Me, Pay Me, but Doc, I'll sit there and say Mark Kyle, Killer Kyle, he's the definition of Pin Me, Pay Me. I mean, think about his run in Smoky Mountain. It was Pin Me, Pay Me. Did his job, went home, right? I would have said he was the man of a thousand gimmicks. No, he didn't have a thousand gimmicks. Although he, he did have the, that he was short thing York with the guy. gangsters. He was in the union. He was a gangster for a while. I forgot about the union thing. 
I hated yeah. that union angle. God, that was dumb. But, you know, we've got Killer Kyle here. We'll call him Mark Kyle for uh, WCW purposes with Jerry Price. Uh, they're taking on the, you know, uh, Sid Vicious. They're not taking on the skyscrapers. It is uh, actually a, a handicap match. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, they 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 squash Price and, <laughs> and kill Kyle in thirty nine seconds. Uh, was was what I timed it at. Uh, not much to report here other than the squash. Doc, your thoughts? I think this was a race. I think this was racial. You had two black men in there losing to Sid in thirty nine seconds. This is racial. I'm I'm kidding. It's a joke. We were talking about this earlier, but anyway. Doc, any thoughts on this? Oh, I want to give you plenty of room to spout your racism. Well, it can't be too racist because Teddy Long is Sid's manager. And oh, that's hold right. on, I'm gonna pause it in a second because I look at Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> the hat, the glasses, the ridiculous suit. Where's the it's, teeth? It's uh, the missing teeth. It's glorious. Glorious. I love it. Any other thoughts on this, Doc? I'm afraid not. Okay. Keeping it moving. We st- After the qu- very quick match. Nice uh, backdrop um, with Price right there. Very quick match. Like I said, 39 seconds. We go to a video package of the Skyscrapers. No, I don't know, and I don't care what song that is playing for the skyscrapers. Maybe you can. No, that's what me. they finally used. White Snake, like I said, dude. Okay, well there you go. Still the night, bro. Tony Katane, look into it. So our BTT music director, who has a Spotify playlist, David Jordan, out there, longtime BTT Hall of Famer. You can officially, if you haven't already done so, because I can't remember if you did, you can add that to the BTT official playlist, which has a mix of things that you and Hopper have made fun of me about related to obscure rap songs and rap groups and R&B groups. But there's also some stuff like Whitesnake and... Things like that. So thank you, David Jordan. I know you always add things to the playlist. We appreciate it. We keep um, going. They then show the Row Warriors, and that's a video package of set to Iron Man. That never gets old, Doc. Never. It just doesn't. I, I can't. Ex- do you, you know, when you hear that Iron Man music, even to this day, not watching wrestling, it's the first thing that comes to your mind. Somebody is about to get their ass whooped. That's what I think. That's me too. So right there with you. Okay. So then we go to um, the next match on the card. We are going to go to, hold on. I'm trying to get to it. Mm. Um, Look who's here. We got the great Muda. Who's got Gary Hart out there with him. And he's going to be wrestling Bobby Fulton. Um, they, They go about six minutes. You know, JR did a good job of communicating that Fulton has done tours of Japan and he's very familiar in, with the style uh, over in Japan, which means and translates that he's familiar with Muda um, or the style that Muda wrestles. Man, I um, I thought this was um, I thought this was pretty good. And I love JR educating the audience because the audience probably sees Bobby Fulton as an American wrestler. But no, Bobby is a. Uh, you know, he's well-versed in the style that Muda wrestles also. I'm going to throw it to you. I also have a timestamp on a play at the one hour, nine minute mark. Bobby short shot <laughs> a move. And I, to land I on had his the head. same timestamp. So did you? Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me fast forward a little bit. 
Um, I think it's coming up right here. In I a had second. 109.30. 109.30, okay. Let's see if it's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up in the next 10 seconds. Um, we'll see it shortly. Here it is. Muda's on the outside. And we can't see if he lands on his head because of the camera angle, but I swore he landed on his head if you look at how he fell right there. Muda looked at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, Muda did. He short-shotted. He appeared to land on his head. He ends up being okay. Uh, Muda's going to end up winning the, this thing with a reverse cross body on Bobby Fulton. One, two, three. Bobby Fulton was a guest on our show many years ago. You can find that. Uh, I think believe I've, I got the whole thing on YouTube, and you can just look at the old episodes at tinyurl.com slash pod. And you can find Bobby Fulton did a two-parter with us uh, many years ago, probably about three and a half years ago now. Doc, any other thoughts on uh, Muda and Fulton? Those tights are – I don't like those tights Fulton's wearing. You want to describe him? He's got uh, Speedo briefs on one leg and pants on the other. Yeah. He's got like long tight on the left leg, but he's but the, there's no long tight on the right leg. It just it, – it's got a very weird – I agree. It's got a weird look. Um. This was a good match, though. I mean, Bobby Fulton is a hell of a wrestler, so he could he could tell this story well with Muda. I thought this was good. I enjoyed it. He also mentioned at the beginning that Jackie Fulton is in and Tommy is out. Where where's Tommy doing right now? What's he gonna go do? I don't know. To be honest, when I talked to Bobby Fulton, because we we had talked about why why Jackie replace Bobby and Smokey. And that's a, still a few years away. I mean, we're still the, those initial tapings for Smokey were in November of 91. So we're still, you know, we're still two years away from Smoky mountain being anything. And Bobby had said at that time that Tommy was having marriage problems. Mm. Oh, that's why he, shit. Are we all, <laughs> that's why he wasn't there at the time. So, I would like to believe he wasn't having marriage problems in 89 too, but wrestlers, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, you never know. Uh, wrestlers don't stay married long, uh, but anyway, uh, RIP Tommy Rogers. Great guy. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure if that may have been what it was or w- what may have been going on there, but yeah, Jackie, and we're actually going to see Jackie on this show. I don't know. I know you don't know that. Cause like you said, you hadn't seen a lot of these before, but Jackie is going to be here. Um, tagging with, with Tommy. Look at that kick. Muda just gave Bobby. Good God. Muda wins though. And, uh, that's that doc. Any thoughts before we keep going? Mm, good stuff. Uh, we get another, look, you got to give them credit. They're plugging the piss out of Halloween havoc. Elvira, once again, plug in. We get we see the plug for for that show coming up, so good stuff there. Did you have anything from the Steiner Brothers promo, Doc? Nah, they're ready to roll. Okay. The only note that I did have from their promo was Rick Steiner, and we've seen the shirt before. I don't know if you've seen the hat. The bad um, boy hat. Yeah, Rick Steiner's got the Detroit bad boys hat. Uh, NBA fans out there will know exactly what that was alluding to, the Detroit Bad Boys, back when the N- NBA was like wrestling, Doc. And that's all mm. we'll say. Uh, it, it really was back then. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, after the promo, it's meat and potatoes. We go to Rick and Scott Steiner. They're going to defeat Rusty Riddle and uh, Thad Clark. Um, I was trying to see. I didn't make a note if Misty walks out with them. Because we're getting to the point where yeah, see, Missy's not with them right here. Uh, uh, did you catch that? Mm-mm. 
Yeah, there's going to come a Missy's not going to be with them um, anymore. So there's that. We talked about that on a previous episode. Hey, can Any... you go to one seventeen fifty three? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go one seventeen. We're at, okay. So one seventeen forty six right now. I'm gonna hit play. Okay. This is. Uh, what you want to tell us what we're looking for, or just hit play? A Steiner line. All right. Let's see. They're on the outside. Scott's picking up one of the guys. Oh, what a clothesline. <laughs> what a clothesline. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was pretty nice. On the outside, too. On the mat, but still, it's on the outside. Anything else from this? I mean, they dominate these these two. Yeah, they're, they're primed and ready. Ironically, you know, we don't talk about this much, but, Doc, you realize they haven't been tagging for long, and they're good. They're real good. They're good from the start. Got to point that out. They are good from the start. There's no gap in how, you know, they don't they don't take a year to get good. They are good from the start as a team. And they're brothers. It makes sense. They've got chemistry because they're brothers, but they're just good from the start. So I wanted to point that out. All right, we go. So after that, Doc, do you have anything as I fast forward to the Ole promo? Mm, no. Okay, do you have anything from Ole? Only that he said he likes to basically he says he likes to watch people suffer. And I don't think he was I think he's shooting on that. That's a shoot, brother. <laughs> it's a one hundred percent shoot. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have anything really from it other than uh it was pretty meat and potatoes. He likes to see people suffer. It was quick too. So after Oli's promo, we go to Sting who's gonna take on Tommy Angel. I think for me this is one of the more longer matches that Sting was in. With an enhancement talent, because they go like three minutes or so. But what do you have? Come on, bro. Why do you why do you piss on Sting like this? When he wrestled Ric Flair for the title, one time on that, cla- on that clash, was Sting bad? No, he wasn't. Okay, so okay. I'll tell you. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Just wait to. I can't wait till Sting wins the world title and we cover that show. <laughs> you know we're less than a year away right now from that, right? God. <laughs> and your favorite wrestler of all time puts him over. Puts him over. Puts him over. I can't wait. Cause that that's a I think that's a that's a paper. No, I don't think. I know. That's a pay-per-view that he wins it on. <laughs> You're gonna be pissed off. Salty Doc. All right, let's keep going. Any other thoughts besides your snoring and insulting sting in that mm-hmm. match? All right. So we do need to close things out here, and we're going to go to Jim Cornette and Jim Ross. You know, Corny was on commentary all day. Uh, I, there's something here that's going to make me say grow up at the end. Here it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you that uh, tomorrow night, 6.05 Eastern Time, here on the Superstation, the NWA main event, Dr. Death and Lex Luger for the U.S. Championship, and Sting and Ric Flair in tag team action. And I understand you're going to be a journalist this week. (laughs) Well, next week right here on World Championship Wrestling on Saturday night, don't miss it. You tried to bribe TBS for this assignment, but I got it. I'm going to go interview a woman in her hotel suite. She wouldn't come to us. I got to go to her. An in-depth interview? As as deep as I can go. All right, fans, we'll have that right here next week on World championship grow up grow grow up grow up come on corny 
That's terrible. They did that on TBS in 1989. Nobody caught that. Jim Ross says, I'm going to have an in, we're going to have an in-depth interview. Corny's going to go real deep next week. And how deep? As deep as I can go. Grow up. What the hell? The sexual connotation there. I'm offended. No, I'm not offended. I'm just having fun with it, guys. You know what we do here. That's so terrible. Well, who did you think? Oh, that was great. <laughs> Phenomenal. He speaks it, for what we'd all try to be doing. As deep as he can go with woman. Jesus, Lord. I mean, they're trying to send out hints. Are you going balls deep? I mean, gee, come on. Grow up, guys. Nothing what are we doing here? Going, nothing wrong with going balls deep. <laughs> I know who ain't going balls deep tonight. It's you. <laughs> Mrs. Doc is not happy today. <laughs> All right. I see you don't want to entertain me as I say that. Bruh, I'm just going to let you do this. This is your show. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. Um, That's how they go off air. Uh, that's, that's how they uh, wrap things up and we get out of here. So we do need to rate it. Hand out a Rolex and uh, button this uh, show up. Before we do it, hey, I want to tell you, remember... We've got the clash, not clash. We've got uh, the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view coming up in a few weeks. Um, it is going to be myself and Silva with Doc. Doc's mad, but Doc will be love. He'll he'll have so much fun talking to Silva on the pay-per-view. So there's your announcement that Doc was hinting at earlier. The only way to get access to to that pay-per-view and all of our clashes and pay-per-views, and let me tell you, the Halloween Havoc ninety. Uh, 89 pay-per-view is phenomenal from start to finish you gotta sign up on patreon become a patron tinyurl.com slash patreon btt that greatly helps the show when harper breaks a headset because he can't keep it out of his woman or he's lassoing the cord above his head as he's going to plow town or whatever harper likes to do when he's doing his thing you see him lasso in the tassel. Can you see him with the headset on lasso and as he's just, he's banging one that out and the plowing. Number, if he was doing that and remember when Kurt Angle had the little cowboy hat on in WWF? <laughs> wears the little cowboy hat when he's banging one out. But no, seriously, like when Harper needs a headset, I've actually, Doc was joking earlier in the show, I got to get Doc some new equipment. So the, the funds that you sent, you know, pledge on Patreon, you not only get extra shows. I believe the shows, term is that we reinvest our capital back into the business. There you go. Yes, yes. It's, it's, we, we, we put the money back into the show. Uh, so please consider becoming a patron if you love what we do. It's tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. You can do it for as little as two bucks a month, but let me tell you, when you go five bucks a month, you get everything. That's the, go, nut, that's the, the nutshell. We call that the going balls deep package. That's the balls deep package, as Doc says. <laughs> you get the pay-per-views. You get the clashes. You get the video versions. You get the world-class shows. You get the live streams. You get it all when you go to that level. So please consider doing so. We definitely would appreciate it. Are you it. still Again, doing those live stream, streams with the JV Team. Uh, J yeah, we we um when this drops, uh, there should be one that's happening tomorrow night. So I'm glad you asked that. It's tinyurl.com/slash/patreon/btt. Myself with the Goon Squad, 
during some live streams. It's fun. The live streams are great. Doc isn't there. Harper's not there. But who needs them? I'm kidding. I love having them on. But uh, they're not available on Friday nights uh, most of the time. So there's that. TinyURL.com slash Patreon BTT. responsibilities. Okay, that's nice. Uh, Doc, let's rate it first. Um, I'll go. I'm going to give this an A. I enjoyed this episode. I... I had a lot of fun. It was better even talking about it with you. Um, yeah, Most things I'm, are. What'd you say? Most things are. Okay. I'm going to give it an A. What are you giving it? You're being entirely too generous. Now, there are some really, really good things, but there were lots of segments where there was just nothing. Okay. So, um, and it was an hour and 28 minutes of my precious time. Well, get used to it. Braves are done, pal. <laughs> Can we get the Goodwill Games or something? Shit. <laughs> okay, keep going. Um, I'm gonna say B plus. All right. Well, that's, I mean, that's not too much further off than it's A. not too bad. It's not too bad. All right, so we need to hit about the Rolex before we do so. Please, you know, I begged you to sign up on Patreon as uh, Javorski, what his crank off idiocy likes to say. Um, I begged you to join on Patreon, but there's something else you can do to support the show. You can go to Amazon and use our associates link. It's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. It's a great way to support this show. You're not spending anything extra. When you shop on Amazon, the show gets support in return when you use our associates link. It's tinyurl.com slash btt amazon and more importantly give that link to the wives girlfriends side pieces whatever you put it in or it puts in you give that link to them and tell them to use it like like our friend jbl objective said on twitter many months ago actually physically go to the browser type in tinyurl.com slash btt amazon for them and make sure they use it and it'll greatly help the show all right, Doc. On that note, I went first with the rating. You go first with the Rolex. There are some candidates here. I mean, Oli's back. Hawk has a heart full of hate. Funk was looking like a supreme jackass in a good way. But, man, I'm going to give it to Luger here. I'm going to give it to what him and Pillman did all together because it took two and it's a tremendous story that they're telling. So I'm, I'm, I'm packaging it. We've done that before. They're yeah, getting it together. Packaging it Cause he's the total package. See what he did there. Guys. Dude, he, it's phenomenal. What he, he I, I, you got to not really understand wrestling to, to look at that and go, ah, eh, Luger didn't, there was nothing special there. Dude. He played that. He's phenomenal in how he acted that out, like angry. And then he attacks you. He's so pissed off. He attacks innocent Gene Ligon. Right. I mean, I just, I, I loved it. I loved it very much. All right, Doc, um, before I throw it to you to see if you've got anything else before we get out of here, do want to mention uh, one or two things. First off, check out our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn, the Northern version of BTT, slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They support us, so please support them. Thank you, Joe and Quinn, for all your plugs. And give them a listen and uh, lend them your ear. Also, check out Mike Pru and JV on the Bottom Line cast. They do the, uh, the podcast on the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You can also catch them on our Patreon feed because they're our ECW 
Extreme Cast hosts. On that note, I'll throw it to Doc to see if he's got anything that he wants to discuss before we get out of here. And no, I'm not trying to throw you a hint, Doc. I just want to make sure we didn't miss anything on this week's glorious episode. Oh, it was glorious. Um, it was. Um, but I'm going to say hard pass. I'm ready to go. I'm tired. All tuckered I'm out t- like the T-Rex? I'm, t- I'm tuckered out, man. I had to slog through this whole day. <sighs> can, I, can I tell you something um, that I've noticed? I'm not on Facebook. I got to tell you something, too. I just got a text from the other room that said our TV's not working. Oh, so we'll let me tell you this and you'll go. It's real quick. Uh, the people... Uh, the patrons have spoken and even the, the regular listeners, they're upset um, that there are no longer T-Rex stories. Man, what, what can we do? He, he's not, he doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> he's People gone. move on with their lives just because we haven't, we do, we've been doing this for six <laughs> years and y'all have been with us and we don't grow in any way <sighs> possible. That doesn't mean other people don't move on. I gotta say, doc, I'm upset too, man. It was, he gave us some phenomenal material over the years, and I'll leave it at that, right? Here's the other problem, though. When you don't go into the office every day, it's hard to, to bump, you know, just bump into a T-Rex or a, a sap. sap and build that relationship so that you can mine it for gold <laughs> on your podcast later. You just don't have those opportunities anymore. And you are a nosy bastard, so you would get all in his business. I can't help that I show a genuine interest in people <laughs> no, and I speak to them. Like, you are nosy. You, you would walk past the T-Rex and you'd go, he'd sell something to you, and you'd go, and keep walking. No, I'm an introvert, <laughs> man. Right. And then you later in the day when we're talking, you'd be like, if that motherfucker asked me how, if I'm going to the bathroom again, I'm going to touch that back. Dude, every time I walk past you, it's not an invitation for you to say, how's your day going? I know you're trying to be cordial, but I just got to piss. I'm just trying to use the bathroom. And I drink a lot of water during the course of the day. So I I got to piss a lot. I told you if you hated it so much, you'd just start pissing in your trash can. Oh, Jesus. But, I, yeah, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Damn. And I'm you an man, introvert. When you're in the office, there was, there's a couple of givens. You're going to be susceptible to a lot of illness because you're around all these saps and their germs. But you also got to play nice in the sandbox and, like, you know, say hi to people and get to know them a little bit. 30 seconds before I have you hit the bucket line. Real quick, shout out to Matt Wilson again. Thanks for sending us those five-star reviews from Canada, uh, from Apple. I will make sure to read them as we go over the next uh, weeks and months. That way I make sure I get everybody's in. So I wanted to mention that. Uh, shout out to Judge. Thank you for sending me the defense of the horse uh, the horse fornicator. Appreciate that, Judge. And uh, last but not least, R.I.P. Butch Reed. You're one of my heroes. Uh, thanks for the memories. Appreciated it. Mid-South Wrestling back in the day. Doc, let's get out of here. Well then, book it, bitch.